Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day to you moms. When I found out I was preaching today, Mother's Day, on Mother's Day, I began to think, oh Lord, help me find something good, because I've preached on Mother's Day a lot over the years, and I know you've heard a lot of Mother's Day messages, and I didn't want to just say something that you've heard a hundred times before. So I started searching the scriptures. There's not a lot of verses about moms, although there's a lot to say that moms can be encouraged by in scripture. But again, to look for verses, and I came across a couple verses finally that I thought, wow, those are pretty cool verses, and they're, it's from a different angle than maybe they've heard before. But then I also thought, wow, these could be kind of uncomfortable verses to preach about, and you'll see why in a minute. I just thought, all right, Lord, what should I do here? And as I was thinking about that it could be a little bit uncomfortable preaching these verses, it made me remember another time in my life when I was uncomfortable. It was when I was about 23 years old, Linda and I were engaged, and I went on the mission field to Brazil for two months, and I was in the Amazon jungle. And during one part of that two-month trip, I was in the middle of the jungle in this big hut that served as a church building, and there were about a, had to be at least 60 of us crammed in this hut, sitting, and I was sitting against the wall on some kind of bench with people squeezed in right by me, and to my left was a young lady with a little baby. And during the service, as I'm listening to this young pastor preach, I glanced over, and this young lady began to nurse her infant. And I'm thinking, oh, man. And suddenly I turn, and for the rest of that service, I better not look over there. And obviously nothing wrong with what that young lady was doing, but 23 years old, and it's like, oh, man, I haven't been around this before. And I'm trying to look over here, and she's here. And so... Why would I say that the two verses I found for today reminded me of that time in Brazil? Well, when you see these two verses, you'll know what I mean. And let's go ahead and look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. And here's what these verses say that I'm going to be preaching on today. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. So here's the Apostle Paul writing to the Christians at Thessalonica, he's trying to figure out a great example to communicate to them how much he loves them, and here's the example he ends up with. And I knew the Lord wanted me to preach on this, but I also didn't want to say the phrase nursing mother about 50 times in my sermon, so I'm in a quandary. But then also I thought, you know what, and Linda reminded me this, she said, you know what, Scott, a lot of moms, when they have a baby, they don't nurse the baby, they give it a bottle, and those moms are just as loving and caring. And I said, all right, you're right. I've got to figure out how to word this. So what I'm going to talk about today is ways that we can love others by learning from the example of a mom who's feeding her baby. Okay? See what I did there? Generalize it a little bit. As we look at a mom who's feeding her baby, whether it's nursing that baby, giving him a bottle, whatever, there's some beautiful ways by, by seeing that that we can learn how we can love others like that mom. Now, the other thing that motivated me to change the wording a little bit from nursing moms and broaden the principle a little bit to moms who feed their babies is that three weeks ago, I became a grandfather for the first time. Thank you. (laughs) Very exciting. And when my little three-week-old grandson, Ben, heard about what I was preaching, he said, Grandpa, I, I feel a little bit uncomfortable about that. That's a pretty personal thing. 
nursing mom, and I'm nursing right now, and I mean, could, can you word it a little bit different? In fact, Ben actually sent me a picture of himself looking skeptical about what I was going <laughs> to preach about. So that did it for me. When he was skeptical about it, I thought, no, I uh, worded it a different way. So that's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about five ways that we can love others by looking at the example of a mom who's feeding her newborn, okay? We're going to look at five actions that we can take by looking at that new mom and her baby. All right, way number one is this. First way we can love others by that new mom's example is let's sacrificially love others. Let's love others even when it's difficult. And this is definitely true of new moms, isn't it? I mean, I'm learning now that my daughter had her baby, and by listening to mom, I got a lot of, by listening to Linda, we got a lot of good advice uh, from my daughter and from Linda about moms feeding their babies. And one is, new moms have to get up around the clock to feed their new babies, right? Every three or four hours, and it's very taxing. They're already tired, and that's a sacrificial way for them to love their babies, isn't it? It's not easy. Well, Let's also take from their example and let's also look around for people in our lives that we can love sacrificially even when it's difficult. I think of my own mom and many of you women had to do this with children. Once your kids get a little bit older and are in activities, you're constantly running them around, aren't you? Taking them to activities, picking them up, and you already have plenty to do. And so that's one amazing sacrificial way for you to love your kids and for us to love others as well, is give them rides. And I also think that I think there's a lot of moms in this area that um, maybe had to work outside the home some too, besides work so hard at home, they were, had a job at least part-time. That was sacrificial love. That can't be easy to do, to balance all that. And we, we have the example too, the ultimate example of sacrifice is Jesus Christ, isn't it? Even though he's king of the universe, he left the comforts of heaven to come live on this earth for 33 years and to suffer just the pain of being human and then ultimately suffer and be tortured on the cross to pay for our sins. And if there's anyone in here who doesn't know Christ as your Savior and Lord, don't put it off. Think about what he did for you on the cross and what we need to do then to be able to be saved and get to heaven is first of all, trust him alone as Savior. Trust that only his death on the cross for, to pay for your sins. You can't do enough good works to pay for your sins. And second of all, to trust Christ as the Lord and leader of our life. And then when we trust him in those two ways, then he promises us that we are saved. John 6, or Acts 16, 31, and we are headed for heaven. And so let's keep that in mind in light of his great sacrifice. Let's trust in him as Savior and Lord. So let's move on. Let's look at a second way that we can love others based on the example of a mom who's feeding her newborn. And that way is this. Let's study others. Let's observe others by just seeing what their needs are, what their attitudes are, what their personality is like. But let's study them. And as we study them, we'll find more out about their needs and know how to better love them. And isn't it true that young moms study that infant of theirs? The hours that they're holding that baby, feeding it, Man, they got hours just to look at that little baby and notice every little thing about that baby, the shape of their ears, the shape of their nose, every little detail. They're studying that little one. 
And even as that little one grows older to grade school and teens, moms are great at observing and watching their children. And even when those children don't say a word, a mom knows what that child is thinking oftentimes, knows what their moods and feelings are because they've studied them their whole life. And they know how to best say the right thing or ask the right question to help their hearts when they're hurting. So let's study others. I I think in general, too, most men would agree with me, as women in general, they're a lot better at studying people and observing people than us men. I think it's a gift from God. I mean, I even think of my own mom when she was probably in her 40s. When she was shopping, she was good at noticing shoplifters. She'd, she'd be looking on a, uh, some clothes on a table and she'd suddenly glance up and see somebody take something off the table in a store and put it under their coat. I mean, it's amazing. It was like, even though if it was quick, she would still see it. And then she would go to the manager and say that that person had taken something and that manager would go after him. And later, she, my mom had managers saying to her, can we hire you? Can we hire you just to hang out in our store? You're so observant. You're kind of studying people and stuff. My mom never did, but it was just cool she got offered that. So the point is, let's take from the example of moms who feed their babies, and let's study others around us. Let's study our children. Let's study our spouse and just kind of see what their moods are and personality and what their needs are, and then be ready to give them what they need to uh, grow. So... Studying others. And by the way, Jesus does this as well. John 10, 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. All of us who've trusted Christ as Savior and Lord are sheep in some sense that Jesus is carefully watching and learning about. He knows us inside and out. He knows every second what you are feeling and what you need. We have a Jesus who studies us and therefore can love us in the best way possible. Let's learn from his example as well. Well, there's a third way to love others that we can learn from moms who are feeding their newborns, and that is this. Let's love others with gentleness. Love others with tenderness and gentleness. Galatians 5.22 says that that's a characteristic of love. Love is gentle. And I've seen... um, I've seen this so often in this church. I mean, we have a lot of amazing moms in this church. I see how gentle and patient you are with their children. When you're in the foyer, you've gotten to church, the kids are running around and whatever, you are so patient and gentle with them to to say what needs to be said, but in the right way. Um, I think of a mom I was talking to last week in the church parking lot. This would have been during the week. And her little boy was on a scooter and the mom was trying to talk to me, and every seemed like every few seconds, the little boy would come over and say, uh, Mom, can I go to that part of the parking lot? And even though she was interrupted, she would be very gentle and patient. Yes, okay, but only that far. A few seconds later, Mom, can I go to that part of the parking lot? And once again, she'd be very patient and gentle with him. And I praise God for all the moms in this church that are so gentle and patient with your children. Let's be patient and gentle with the way we talk to others, all of us. A lot of times we don't realize it, but the tone of our voice or the words we're using aren't gentle enough. They're too harsh. And I even, uh, at some point when my kids were living at home and younger, I said to Lyndon, the kids, you know what? I hate it when I'm speaking too harshly with you. You have permission to tell me 
when I'm over the line. When I'm not being gentle enough with you, speaking too harshly, you tell me. Well, unfortunately, my kids took me up on that big time. If I had a nickel for every time, or a nickel every time they or Linda said something like, I love you, but, and I know you didn't mean it, but really you're kind of being too harsh right now in the way you're talking to us. And I would, I would try to apologize and say, okay, thank you for letting me know. But all of us, let's be careful with our tone. Let's, especially if we're feeling stressed out, let's be gentle enough and ask God and others to help us to do that. In, um, yeah, love is gentle, like we've said, Galatians 5.22. There's a fourth way to love others based on the example of a mom feeding her newborn. A fourth way to care about others, and that is this. Let's give people what they need to grow. Let's give others around us what they need to grow, especially grow in their relationship with Christ, grow in relating to others, grow in the faith. All of us need stuff to grow, and how are we going to know what we need to grow if people don't give us feedback at times about that? In Acts 2, verses 42 through 47, right after Jesus rose from the dead and ascended, then the church leaders in Jerusalem gave the early church what it needed to grow. It, it made sure that the thousands of people coming to faith in Christ in the early church were getting the Bible teaching they needed to grow and the fel- encouraging fellowship and the prayer and so forth. Let's do the same thing. Let's look, be looking around us and see what people in our sphere need to grow. It could be we need to help them learn how to understand the Bible better, how to pray, make sure they're getting more enough of encouraging fellowship or whatever. Oftentimes over the years, I've said to guys, I I want you to think about having more balance in your life. You're great at working hard for your family and this and that and meeting for providing for their needs, but they need more of your time for their heart to just talk to your kids more. And are you talking to your kids enough and your wife and just taking care of her heart more? And that's a question I often find myself asking guys to more balance in their life so that they can grow more in the Lord and their relationships with their families. There's times that we have to ask God for courage to say something to somebody about what they need to grow. And that's hard, but God gives courage And don't use the excuse, oh, I can't say anything to that person, I'm not spiritual enough, or I don't know them well enough. No, those are often excuses. Let's be ready with God's respect and gentleness to say things to people that they might need to hear to grow and ask them about it. Um, I've said to people, and because this is something I struggle with at times, I've I've asked them maybe, you know, I've noticed that in our conversations together, um, you do a lot of the talking how much do you feel like you listen to people? I've asked that kind of question, and God gave me the courage and gentleness to do it. Or I've asked people, um, you know, it, is it true that when you talk to that certain person, even your spouse, that you're sometimes a little bit too harsh? Is that true, you think, or not? Uh, to, in uh, Texas, there were a couple single guys in their 20s And I asked them both, I said, do you think it's possible that when you're talking to young ladies in their 20s at church, you're treating them more like somebody that you're interested in dating, or are you treating them like a sister in Christ? Those are hard things to say at times, but sometimes people need to hear that through us, and we need to accept that kind of feedback from others as well, because we all need feedback to grow. 
and we go from there. And we can learn from the example of that mom feeding her kid. Let's give people what they need to grow in the Lord and with one another. All right, final and fifth uh, way we need to love others uh, in following the example of a mom feeding her child. And let, let's comfort others. And when they're hurting, let's give them, help them go to the Lord to get the peace and hope that their heart needs. Let's comfort others. In 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, verses 3 and 4, it talks about we should comfort others with the comfort we have received from God. And in Isaiah 66, I love it, it's talking about God wants to comfort his people like a mother comforts her children. So even God wants to follow the example of a mom. And um, I love that. God wants to comfort us. Now, I think it's especially appropriate for a minute to talk about comfort on Mother's Day. Because for some of you, this is a hard day today. You need the Lord's comfort. For some of you, you need comfort because your mom isn't here anymore. She's with the Lord and you miss her every day, don't you? And we need to go to the Lord and ask him to comfort our heart. And he will, blessed are those who mourn, for they should be comforted, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 4. Also, you may need comfort because you, um, as you look at your kids' lives, um, Maybe some of them aren't walking with the Lord like you had hoped. You've spent so much time with them trying to help them know the Lord, and they're just not with him right now. Uh, they're not excited about the Lord. They're not loving him. They're not following him, and that's hurting your heart big time. Know that he's not done with them yet. He's not. And ask him for his comfort. And as you look back, too, maybe you had a child die. Maybe you had a miscarriage or whatever, and God wants to comfort you over that. So praise the Lord, just like a new mom comforts her little baby when it's crying or anything, so we can take an example from that and comfort others around us with the Lord's comfort. In our remaining time, which won't be long, I want to switch gears a little bit. We've seen five ways we can love others by looking at the example of a, of a mom feeding her baby. I want to ask you two fairly tough, sensitive questions before we close. And the first question is this to you moms especially, but, but all of us, to you moms. Do you feel guilty as you look back on how you've been a mom? Do you feel guilty in some ways that you feel like you didn't comfort your children enough? You didn't encourage them enough? You weren't gentle enough with them? And maybe you have, still have some guilt about that. Well, God doesn't want you to carry guilt. What he wants us to do first, if any of us are feeling guilt or regrets about the past, is go to him and receive his forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9, confess our sins and he is faithful and righteous to what? Forgive us our sins. So let's go to God and know he forgives us. He's never going to bring that up again. And if it's appropriate, go to our kids and apologize. It's never too late and they'll appreciate it. And then finally on that, with regard to feeling guilt about how we've been a mom in the past, God forgives us, so let's forgive ourselves. I have an announcement to make. There's a moratorium now on not forgiving ourselves. The statute of limitations on not forgiving ourselves is up. I meet too many people, who Christians, who say, well, I know God forgives me, but I can't forgive myself. No, nope. moratorium. Statute of limitations is up. It's time to forgive yourself. Because here's the deal. If Jesus, the wise king of the universe, forgives you, who are you to not forgive yourself? Are you better than Jesus? Do you know more than him? 
No, he wants you to forgive yourself because he out of grace has forgiven you. So let's follow him in that and it'll free up your heart in a wonderful way. All right, I have a second question that's a little bit more sensitive that I want to ask you this morning. And that is this. As you think about your mom and how she raised you, do you have some negative memories that come up? I know your mom was good in a lot of ways, but sometimes when you think about her, are there too many negative memories that come up about how she raised you, that she wasn't gentle enough or whatever? This is, uh, unfortunately, was true for years on how I thought about my mom. When I was 17, I trusted Christ as my Savior, Lord. I forgave my mom. She had a terrible temper when she was uh, raising us, and she would say and do things that just would make it really hard for my sisters and I. And so I forgave her when I was 17, but I still, when I thought about my mom, had too many negative memories that I was too focused on. Well, God did something about that five weeks ago. Five weeks ago, I went to Iowa to move my mom from the nursing home she's in now to another nursing home. For financial reasons, we needed to move her. And I knew this would be tough on my mom, and I knew there was potential for her to really lose her temper or whatever. So I'm praying hard. The day comes. I drive the 10 hours to Iowa. I go to the nursing home my mom is in, and, and I started by just saying this. Mom, isn't it true that as we look back at the past, God's been very faithful to you and to our family? And she said, Yes. And I said, isn't it also true that as we look to the future and, and look to some hard things we might go through, that God will be very faithful to us and faithful to you? Isn't that right? She said, yes. Then I said, Mom, I'm sorry to tell you this, but tomorrow one of those hard things is going to happen. I have to move you to another nursing home. And I looked, and God did a miracle. He helped my mom stay calm. She teared up some, but then she looked at me and said, I understand. I understand. If you knew my mom, that's a miracle, equal to the crossing of the Red Sea, okay? What a miracle that he helped her be at peace about that. And then I was so filled with gratitude to God, and then God began to pour into my memory things that I hadn't thought of for years, good things about my mom, how she had always run me around to sports and stuff without complaining. Good times we had as a family. Even though my parents were divorced when I was 14, God filled my memory of good things about my mom. In other words, he began to help me remember her at her best. To remember her at her best. We need to do that with our moms. Those of you who are hurting some or have some negative memories about your mom, Ask God to help you forgive her and then remember her at her best. And it was an amazing time, a wonderful time with my mom that day. And you know what? That's biblical too, I believe. In, in Philippians 4.8, it talks about, let's, it tells us what things to remember and think about and focus on. It says, remember the things that are praiseworthy and lovely and beautiful and let's apply that verse to people when we think about certain people in our lives let's remember even though they've hurt us at times let's remember what was lovely about them and praiseworthy let's remember them at their best can make a huge difference in our heart as we do that so this morning if you're hurting some 
Think about all the good things your mom did, even if there were some hard things. Remember her at her best. And as we do that, it'll be a way to honor her. It'll be a way to love her. It'll be a way to praise the faithful God who helped her be faithful to us in so many ways. And isn't that what Mother's Day is all about? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for moms, the moms in here who've done so many things well. Thank you for our moms who have done many things well to bless us. We praise you for them this day. Help them feel your love this day, Lord, and know your joy in their hearts this day. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand with me?